We are going to continue in a series we started last Sunday on the Word. If you missed that, go back. You don't want to catch that as we talked about what is the Word? Why is it important in our life? Where did it come from? And what was God's intent with the Word? Today, I want you to know that God really likes you. If you don't know this, God really, 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 really likes you. And he wants to spend time with you. He wants to speak to you. Now, before you go to heaven, do you realize that? God wants to speak to you now. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven for God to speak to you. God has designed our relationship to a place where he wants to speak to us now. Ever heard someone say, God spoke to me? God speaks to me? I remember hearing this growing up, and different people would be like, God spoke to me. I'm like, yeah, 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 amen, amen. I'm like, what's that, man? God ain't never spoke to me. He, he must only speak to crazy people. That's what I said. God must only speak to crazy people because he ain't never spoke to me. It wasn't that God never spoke. It's says I didn't know how to listen. And I wasn't listening. And so today, I want you to understand something. God still speaks. If you ever wondered, how, do, how does God speak? I'm going to answer that question for you today. We're going to answer this question. Everybody wants to know how to hear God speak in your life. How to hear God speak. Look what 2 Timothy 3.16 says and verse 17. All, let's say, that, let's say all the other words together. All, one more time, some of Scripture. No, it's how much? All Scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You know, if we don't need anybody to tell us what's wrong. If we just read, we'll figure it out on our own because it corrects us when we are wrong, kind of like my wife, and teaches us to do what is right. Everybody needs a Pastor Mill in your life. All right. God, God uses it to prepare and to equip us, to equip his people to do every good work. So God's word, all of it, all these books who come together, the canacity of it comes together to bring a total scripture to us. It's not one book. It's a book of books. But all of it together is inspired by God to teach us what is true, to correct us for what is wrong, and to show us what is right, and to equip us. I don't want you to leave Destiny Church not equipped. I want you to be equipped on how to hear God's voice for your life. Every believer, this is 101 of being a believer, is learning to hear your Father's voice, learning to hear your shepherd's voice. God is still speaks to us. God wants to speak to us. Well, I tried hearing God, and it didn't work for me, so I gave up. How many know it takes more than one time to learn how to communicate? I gave up. No, you got to learn how to speak. Habakkuk 1-2, look at this today. Look what he says. You ever felt like this? Come on now. I know some of you have felt this way this week. God. How long, how long, oh Lord, must I call for help? You don't listen. 
Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save me. You ever feel this way? Ever feel like, God, how long do I got to ask for help? How long do I got to cry out and you don't answer my prayer? We have big questions, and it doesn't seem like God's talking. Habakkuk didn't give up. How did Habakkuk go from, when he went from, God, you don't answer me. God, how long am I going to endure this? To getting his own book in the Bible. So somehow he went from a man who couldn't hear God's voice to a man who heard God speak and he wrote down what God spoke and now we're still talking about him now, today. Something had to give. Something changed. And we're going to find out what that was today. And we're going to use that for an approach for us to learn how he learned to hear God's voice. Number one, if you want to hear God's voice, and this is a hard one, but look at it. Ask. Turn to your husband and say, ask for directions. Come on, guys. Now, we're the worst about asking for help, don't we? And not just men. None of us like to ask for help. None of us like to ask for help. And we need help. And the reason why we don't have help is because we don't ask. Look what it says now in verse 3 of, of chapter 1. Must I forever see, he's asking a question, must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence, and I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and to fight. You gotta learn to ask, learn to ask. He asked very specific questions. These were not generic questions, he asked specific questions. When's the last time you asked God a direct question? When's the last time you asked God a specific answer for your life? And James 4.2 backs this principle up. It says, you don't have it because you don't ask. When my wife and I were first married, we used to play this game. Well, she used to play this game. <laughs> if you love me, you can read my mind. <laughs> I'm like, honey, I ain't that smart. Just tell me what you want me to know. Just tell me what you want for Christmas. Make it a lot easier on me and you. Just tell me what you want. Just tell, don't give me a parable. You tell me, what do you want? I don't need the 20-minute version of this story. Just tell me, what do you want me to know from this story? And as we learn to communicate and grow, we understood we just need to be clear in our communication. I don't need to tell her, hint around about five things, hoping she catches the hint. I need to say, honey, this is what I need. Honey, this is what I mean. Honey, this is what I'm desiring. Honey, this is what I need from you. Honey, what do you need from me? And then we learn to be direct in our communication. It changed our marriage. For some of us here, I think we think the same way. Well, God, he knows. He knows all things. He's the creator of the universe. He knows what I, yeah, he does, but he wants you to ask. Why? Because he's teaching me to have faith. He's teaching me to understand, to rely on him. You don't have it because you don't ask. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, 
Not that anybody here needs this, but if you need wisdom, what? If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Has any parent ever rebuked a child who came to them and said, Dad, Mom, tell me, I need, a, I need some wisdom on something. And you're like, wow, I love it. When, when they come to, how many, first of all, that would be a miracle in itself, number one. But number two, when it finally does happen, you're like, wow, wow, they really trust me. They really depend on, they really respect me. They really honor me. Even if they already got it figured out, if they just want my input as well, there's something about asking. God wants you to ask God, ask God, ask it. You don't have it because you don't ask. Learn to pray personal prayers, not selfish prayers. Many of our prayers, when we make them personal, they're actually selfish, aren't they? God, this is what I want. God, this is what I want. Instead of saying, God, help me in this area. God, help me to have wisdom. God, my boss, help me how to get along with my boss. God, help me how to get along with my spouse. God, help me to honor my husband. God, help me to discipline my children. God, help me to reach my, this person. God, help me to be a better budget. Help me, God, to be better in my health. God, help me. And as you ask God, God will speak to you. He will give you wisdom. Number two, two, get alone with God. Get alone with God. How many know people need to get alone together? Come on now. You need to get alone. If, if you don't have any time alone with your spouse, that, that, that marriage begins to suffer. Communication suffers. And so you got to make sure as you are busy and get busy, there's some time you schedule to be alone. Why? Because it's important in communication that you have time alone. If you want to communicate with God, you got to schedule some time to be alone with God. I'm not telling you you got to schedule all day long, even though that wouldn't be a bad thing. But what I'm saying is this, what, what is your time that you schedule? What is the time you put aside? God, I just want to hear you speak. It doesn't mean I'm going to put on a podcast and then have Sports Center going over here, have podcasts going over here, and I'm packing. That's not my alone time. No, my, my alone time is saying, God, I'm going to unplug. I want to hear you. It's going to, even if it's just five, ten minutes, I just want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. I want to put my mind upon you. You've got to understand. Look what it says in verse uh, 1 of chapter 2. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. And look to see what he will say to me. And what will I answer concerning my complaint? He says, basically what he said was this. If we just summarize it up, he said, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to get alone with God. I'm going to prepare myself to hear from God. And I'm going to wait on God to speak to me. So you got to ask God. Then take some time alone with God to hear his voice. And number three, learn, learn to read it. Just read it. Read it. Everybody say, read it. Read what? I'm glad you asked. Look what it says here. Let's, get, let's read that verse again. We just read it. Let's read it again. I will take my stand on the wash post and station myself on the tower, and I will, I will look. Wait, he's trying to hear God. 
to hear God, I will look to see what he will say to me and I, what I will answer concerning my complaint. So what is saying is this, I will look to see. I will look to see what God has already said to me. Can I tell you this? When I look to see what God has said, I will hear what God is saying to me. Well, pastor, I need a fresh word. Your fresh word comes from the living word. Listen, God is not going to say anything that contradicts this word right now. He's not going to bring you a new word until you know what this word says. And when you get this word in your heart, then he's going to show you a fresh revelation of this word. Then he's going to show you this word every time you speak it, every time you read it, every time you value it. God suddenly becomes alive in it, and it jumps off to you and will speak to you. God will speak through the word. He says, I get alone, and I look to see what you will say. i got to take time. See, listen, hearing from God is just not listening. It's reading the word. This is why we're spending the time, this whole series on the word, because hearing from God is learning to read his word. Remember what I said last week, when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. Every time I read scripture, it begins to read me. I don't have to correct you. You read the Bible, it'll correct you. Listen, I don't need my wife to correct me, even though she likes that. I can read the Bible. And it will correct me. I wish my husband will quit correcting him and encourage him to read with you. Maybe you get a reading plan you guys can read together. And then maybe once a week you compare some. What what was your favorite scripture this week? Well, mine was this. What was yours? Something. But do something. Do something. Read it. Read it. Read it. The Bible is not going to speak to you unless you open it up and read it. It says, his word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a lamp unto my feet. Well, pastor, why did he say lamp? Well, pastor, there wasn't electricity back then, so they had to light lamps. So that's, uh, all right, Einstein, that's a great answer, but they did have a thing called the sun. It didn't say the word of the Lord is a sun to my day. Why? Because a lamp required some effort. You had to go prepare the oil and you had to light it and you had to carry it with you. It required some action and it showed you where you was taking the next step. It only directed you to a few steps ahead of you. The sun made it very clear for miles and miles and miles. He's saying, no, the word becomes my present directional vision for my life. You want a present directional word for your life? Read the word. It becomes a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know how to get out of this hole. I don't know how to get out of this darkness. Fear and anxiety are overtaking me. Well, when you open up the word of the Lord and start reading it, I see all the things he says about me. I see where darkness has no hold in my life. I see where fear cannot dominate me. I see where I'm a child of God, that everything coming against me will not prosper according to what the God God's word says. It shows me. It shows me direction for my life. And when I take time to discipline myself to say, I want to hear from God, 
He always, always will speak to us. Action is required. Elijah said this in 1 Kings. Look what Elijah said. 1 Kings 19. He said, go out. First of all, let me tell you, Elijah was trying to hear from God. And so Elijah's like, you know, God's going to speak in something big. That's what he did with Moses. So he went out. He said, go out and stand. God said, go out and stand before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains. It broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not there. It was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, where was God found? In a still, small voice. You know, for many people, think about this. If I was in Elijah's standpoint, I would have think the same thing. As a prophet of the Old Testament, he heard the stories when God spoke. He took Moses up to the mountain and God spoke with a loud thunder and he wrote the tablets of the Ten Commandments and he opened up the earth and he split the Red Sea and then crashed it back again. God was constantly doing all these great big things with nature to speak. And so Elijah's like, well, if God's going to speak, that's how he's going to speak. And God showed him, he's not going to speak in the burning bush. He's not going to speak in the waters and the waves and the wind and the earthquake. He's going to speak in the small voice. Are those things possible? Yes. Have they happened? Yes. But what we see time and time again, what God most often uses, he will use the still, small voice to speak to you and to I. This is how God speaks. Of God, if you just write it on the wall. And God's like, you wouldn't read that either. And God, if you just make it plain, write it in the sky. God's like, I wrote it in the book, and you leave it dusty all the time. Even got an app on your phone, won't even open up and read it. Oh, I guess I'm preaching too hard to you today. You got real quiet on me. All right, now. I guess I'm the only one who ever struggles with that. Okay. Could it be the reason we don't hear God's voice is we don't recognize it? It's not that God doesn't speak. We haven't developed, we haven't developed a way of recognizing God's voice. God's still speaking, but it takes cultivation to recognize the voice of God. I love this picture of, of Landon last year his mom took. He was... Uh, as a team captain, he would go to center field in, at Missouri State, and he would call uh, with the captain's heads or tails. And after he got done, he'd go down to the end zone. This is every game. Go down to the end zone, and he'd pray there uh, in the end zone for a few minutes. And when he got up, he'd go back to the sidelines. And when he got up, he'd be walking back to the sidelines. I wouldn't call out his name, but I would say something like, all right now, or come on now. That's all I would say. I didn't call his name or anything. And he wouldn't even look at me, but he'd point to right where he's at. And there could be thousands of people in the stands, and he could point to right where his dad was at. Why? Because he learned to recognize my voice. How is that possible that someone can hear thousands of voices cheering, giving out, talking, all these things, and I don't even call them by name, and I can just say, hey! 
and he can point and know exactly where he's at because from a young age, he's learned to identify my voice. So even when he's in hostile territory and the student section's there talking about his mama, and the student section's there talking about how bad they all are and, and tongue hard and negative things. His dad can say, all right, now it's time to play. He goes, all right, I know that voice. I know that voice. When it's fourth quarter and it's time to go to a different level and it's time to take over a game, he can hear someone say, all right, now. And he knows that's the same voice I heard since third grade. That's the same voice I heard in fifth grade. That's the same voice I heard in seventh grade. That's the same voice I heard throughout high school. That's the same voice that believed in me. That's the one that taught me to never give up and I could overcome anything in my my life. Come on now, you got to learn that your heavenly father today, when the enemy's speaking out over your life and the enemy's trying to bring discouragement and speak negativity, hear the voice of the father. He is speaking to you. Can you identify it? Can you hear it? He is talking. Learn, learn, cultivate the ability to hear God's voice. It's a still small voice. So let's get practical for a minute. Where do I start? Pastor, you're talking about reading God's word. I've never read God's word to open up and read it. How do I even start? I opened up one time to the, this book called Levi's something, and I don't know what it was. Too much of Levi's sites or something. One book about how to get a job and some other things, and I don't understand. That's Leviticus and Job, in case you want to know. And you're like, I don't know. Listen, let me give you some tips on how, how to start if you never had any practice reading the Bible. Start in the New Testament. Start in the very beginning of the New Testament. Read, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This gives an account of Jesus' life, the history of Jesus' life, some of his famous teachings, some of his famous miracles, his, his death, his birth, all those things, crucifixion, his resurrections, all found there, his great commission to us, great places to start is in the Gospels. Read one Proverbs a day. They're really, really short. Just read one verse. It's like two lines. Read it. it was, the Bible says that the author of that book was the wisest man to ever live. There's so much wisdom in there. Just take one proverb a day and read it in your life. If you need a Bible reading plan, find a Bible reading plan. You can Google Bible reading plans for beginners. Bible reading plans for the New Testament or for the whole Bible in one year. However you want to do it. Uh, you, you can go to Uversion app, download it down. They have, they'll send it to you for free. They'll, you, know, you can go to Uversion, sign up for a Bible reading plan, and it will text you your reading for the day. I mean, how easy can it get, right? They'll even text you what you need to need. It's right there. Find it. Just start. Just start somewhere. Don't, I can't understand. You're not going to understand until you read it. It's not going to come alive until you listen as you read it. And then the fourth thing, write it, write it, write it, write it, write it, write it, write it. Look at verses 1 and 2 again. Let's read what it says. And the Lord answered me, write it. I don't understand Bible. It says write it. What? Write what I'm telling you. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Write it. Write down the revelation. Listen, when you are reading God's word, God's word will read me, which means when it starts reading me, I start writing it out. Or if I'm 
listen to the Lord and God speaks something to me, I pick up my phone, I put voice text, and I, I type out in my notes, this is what God spoke to me. I make a voice memo, send myself a text somewhere where I can find that later when I can really concentrate what that was and go back and unpack it and see. God's always speaking to me, little nuggets, and I, I'm constantly writing them down, sending myself text messages. If you went through my text, I have a, I have a special person in my text. It's called my name. I text myself all the time. I'm always writing things down and sending myself a text so I can go back later and find, wow, what did God speak to me? I want to remember that down. Write that down. Write down the revelation. That means if God speaks to you, write something down. If a favorite verse comes out and you're like, oh, oh, I needed to hear that, write it down. Stick it on your fridge. Stick it on your mirror. Stick it on your desk at work. Stick it in your car. Stick it somewhere where you're constantly reading that scripture. Let it take hold of you. And the last thing is you got to learn to run with it, Forrest. Run, run, run with it. Look at the second part of this. We just wrote, wrote the vision down, make it plain. And then what? So that he may run who reads it. God wants me to write it and read it. What else? Run. He wants you to run with it. He wants us to run with the word. Run with it. Put it into action in your life. Run with it. God wants you to run with it. James says this in 122. But don't just listen to God's word. You must what? Do it. Come on now. You can be louder than that. You must do it. Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. But look carefully into the perfect law. It sets you free. And if you run with it, do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Why does God want you to run with it? Because he wants you to be set free. He wants you to live blessed. So begin to read it, write it, and run with it. Start small. You ever tried running with a five-pound weight in your hand? You can run with it, can't you? I can do that. You ever tried running with a 45-pound weight in your hand? You ain't getting very far. It's heavy. It's slowing you down. You ain't going nowhere. Start small. Run with small things. Don't, you're not going to run with the whole Bible overnight. But you can run with the verse. You can run with the word. Hmm. My word is surrender today. I got that. Surrender. I'm going to learn to surrender. Every, all day long, all week long, all month long, my mind's on surrender. God, how can I surrender more to you? God, how can I surrender more to you? Surrender, surrender, surrender. Oh, my word's obedience. God, how can I walk in more of a spirit of obedience? My word is excellence. God, how can I do things with excellence? My word is attitude. God, how can my attitude be better? My word is love. God, how can my love be better? My word is forgiveness. God, how can I learn to forgive? And I just begin to run with those words that God speaks to me and I write down. Why? Because it blesses me. It's blessing to the runner. God wants you to run with it. Are you ready to run with the word of the Lord today? Say amen if you are. I want you to listen. I want you to be equipped. I want you to hear from God. I want you to develop an ear to hear from God. God is speaking and will speak to you. When you hear it, 
You read it, you hear it. When you get alone, you hear it. When you write it down, you hear it. When you run with it, you hear it. And pretty soon you're going to develop, oh, what's God leading me? He's just nudging me as a lamp unto my feet. Every day he's leading me and I'm making wiser decisions. Now I'm gaining favor at my job. My marriage is improving. My, my, my relationship with my children's getting better. I'm doing better in my school. I'm doing better around. And all of a sudden you're improving small steps in your life. And you look back and go, look, wow. And people are like, man, you really matured this year. Yeah, I learned to hear the voice of God. That's what happens. You want to look wise beyond your years? Let God speak to you. Walk in his wisdom and see the favor of the Lord follow your life. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. But I thank you for your word, which corrects us, which equips us, which sets us free. It teaches me what's wrong, shows me what is right. Lord, I pray that we begin to value your word like never before. Teach us to hear your voice. Teach us to hear your voice from the written word of the Lord. If you're here this morning, nobody's looking at me. You say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. How do I do that? That simply means that you simply do this, that you say, I put my faith in the finished work of the cross, that Jesus died on the sins, on the cross for my sins. He was God's only son. He was resurrected on the third day. That's all it is. You mean I got, you can't earn it? You only receive it. But so I put my faith in Jesus. And I want today to say I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. If you've never done that before and you're ready to do that, just lift your hand where I can see it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to make sure anybody here. Thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand. If that's you, you want to do it today. For those who raised your hands, I want you to say this prayer with me. As Christians around you, we'll help you along as well. Say, dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. We say, if you prayed that prayer today, a minute from your heart, we say, welcome to the family of God. Come on now, give my hands. It's great. Awesome. 